Hello, welcome to episode 15 of the Rocks On podcast. We are joined by Craig Anderson, who does all the game reports on the Rocks. Hello, Craig. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Grant. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. So, plan for this podcast is kind of reviewing the kind of game from Friday night that was live in Sky and then touching on what has kind of been the Rocks season so far through the kind of 10, 11 games that we've had and then maybe touch a wee bit on what the two of us kind of think our expectations are for the rest of the season. Um, so, unfortunately, the Rocks were... Close defeat, 93 points to 86 uh, at home to the Surrey Scorchers. Uh, it was a very close game throughout and just Surrey seemed to just want it a wee bit more towards the end. Um, would you agree in that kind of assumption, Craig? Yeah, it was just, it was a, as you just said, and I, I reflected this in the report as well, it was a game that was very, very tight all the way through. And then when it got to the last four or five minutes, it just seemed to slip away from the rocks in the end. And I, I I kind of wondered in my own head watching it, um, you know, if there'd been a crowd there, you know, and this has been obviously an issue, not just in basketball, it's it's in all sports, of course. If there'd been a crowd there that would maybe just help the team over a little bit, they just need that little bit of help, that little bit of energy from the, the crowd that might have helped them a little bit. Sadly, you know, it's all very well talking like that. That's just the way we're, we're living right now. So I, I felt for the guys at the end, it, they came so close to, to getting that, that big result and it just slipped away from them in the end. But, it was a game that left you feeling so positive about the way they played, the way they they, they went for the opposition and just not to be. Yeah, so let's kind of touch before or what, going into the game. Um, so the Pat Rocks had been undefeated against Surrey for the past five meetings. Um, but looking throughout the kind of stats, Surrey had slightly better shooting stats. Um, Rocks obviously been are at the bottom of the table when it comes to three-point shooting and three-throw shooting. Um, but there's other categories where Rocks have kind of been better at points in the paint, second chance points. So it was a matchup that was uh, pretty close and one that I know probably both teams are targeting, considering both teams had kind of gone into the game with one win in five. Um, so, yeah, I have going on the first quarter, Rocks won it 25-24. And it was, it was just great end-to-end basketball, wasn't it? It certainly was. And I think the one person who, for me, certainly stood out in that first quarter was the coach. Um, Gareth Murray, I, I think, really set out a, a statement of intent. He got a couple of three pointers. He got some early points on the board to to start, you know, really getting getting things going as far as the Rocks were concerned. I think he was looking for a reaction after the defeat against uh, Leicester last Sunday. Certainly, the, the first quarter, the way that that went for the team, it was not good, and they were playing catch up the rest of the game. This one, he wanted a reaction, and I think he got it. And by leading by example, the way he did. Was the perfect way to do it, and you know the guys are watching him, seeing what he's doing. They're going right, you know, we're right up for this tonight, and that was certainly the case. And to see them go in after the first quarter, 25-24 ahead, as you say, end to end stuff. It just the, the game's up from one end of the court to the other. It was great to see, and I think you knew you were in for a real treat of a game. Um, and I think Gareth led that very well. Yes, yeah, so Gareth, I think finished that quarter with 14 of his 20 points. I think he went four from uh, or four from. Four from four from three in that quarter, and it was your spot on, like a leading for, by example. And um, one of the things that stood out for me was early on how involved the bench was, um, constantly giving kind of vocal support, standing up, cheering. And I think it looked like quite a united front, considering uh, that was a quite a considerable defeat to Leicester uh, the weekend previously. And that's obviously a decent distance journey to go on. Um, but yeah, I think. Rocks came out really well. I actually thought we looked the better team and probably to only be ahead by one in that quarter was maybe something that Gareth would maybe be disappointed with. Um, and I think kind of going into the second quarter, I thought we saw a lot more kind of 
the combination of Delph and Jack Domney. Um, Delph, I think, just and Jack Domney just going to be walking highlight reels. I think. Would, would you agree with that one? Absolutely, I've been very impressed with the two of them since they came in. Of course, Keeling you know, started a little bit earlier. I think he played two or three games before Delph could come into the team, and we could see the quality that he had. The way he drives at, you know, he drives at the basket, drives at opponents as well, and and really produces the goods. I think it's quite telling. I saw a stat there. If you just bear with me a second, I think he's got the second most points out of the team already this season. Um, out of everybody, yep, 115. Um, Isa Brandon with 124, just nine points behind him. And only what seven games, so that's an incredible start considering he's only been at the club a, a very short space of time. And as you say, Delph as well, he's put up 61 points in his five games also. So I think the fans, you know, for, for all they're not there, can be really excited about the contribution these two guys have brought to the team since they arrived. I suppose I don't know if you've seen it, but the BBL Buzz shared they'd mic'd up Keeling on the game um, on Friday night. They had him like the sounds of the game, and you hear him constantly talking. And I suppose that's probably come from his. Uh, North Carolina uni background is just the constant interaction and being at that kind of top level of college basketball. So I think heading into halftime, Rocks were up by three. Um, and again, I think it was one of those ones where Rocks probably should have been further ahead. Um, Surrey were just, they fed through their kind of big guys at Jack Domney and Rickman. Uh, that's the best I think Rickman's done all season, looking at his stats. Um, for Teo Gondembe as well, he was a for, he's a former Rocks player. Uh, that's the curse of a former Rocks player coming back and having the unbelievable performance. Tail went 20 points, six rebounds, three steals. From a uh, tail, that's I think that's a season high for a lot of those categories. So it was they had a lot of guys who then showed up, and this was kept it close. Um, and yeah, having Ryan Richards coming off the bench, former NBA uh, draftee, and Rickman was just dominant on the boards as well. He was 14 points, 12 rebounds. So, yeah, probably heading to half, I think Gareth would have been happy, but probably wanted a wee bit more defensively. I think so. That's maybe where, the, if you can criticise anything about that performance, it's maybe that defensively. They, they maybe didn't shut the space down as well as they could have. They couldn't you know, maybe stop the shots going in as much as they would have liked. But the fact that they'd scored more um, than, than Surrey at that point, I think was a huge positive considering that the, the way the form has been recently. I don't think you can be too down, too down on the guys, and that was that was I think something I said in my report on the website as well. It's just when you can get results like that, you'll take them any way you can get them, as long as you outscore the opponents, no matter how you do it. Uh, no matter how you you get the points, you get them. Just outscore them, get get as many points as you can, and get the win. That's the important thing. Yeah. So I'm just looking through what I was tweeting during the game, um, and I commented on the in the first half on the minute of turnovers, and I think I remember. I, a good example was, uh, I think Johnny picked the ball up on, I think it was a steal by either Johnny or maybe Van Sears or someone like that. And Johnny's just overpassed it to Gareth. And I think that's kind of maybe, in fairness, a summary of our season. We get into such like advantageous positions and it's either a wee turnover or not boxing out as uh, the assistant coach said in the Sky post game as well. So yeah, heading into the second half, I think uh, Rocks were in a good place. Surrey took seven more shots in the half. Uh, looking at the stats, and that's and that just comes down to them wanting a bit more in the offensive rebounds. I think I'll just quickly look exactly how many offensive rebounds they had for the game. They had 18 offensive rebounds compared to our eight. That's that's telling how many extra shots they got. So heading into the third quarter, um, Rocks unfortunately lost that 30 points to 24, and that's that was kind of where the momentum kind of changed over, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it seemed to be, and you sensed that, that Surrey were starting to find a, a way into the game. For all Rockstill stayed with them and, and made it as exciting as possible, I, I think Surrey were starting to feel as though that game was there for the taking. As you mentioned, their form hasn't been great either. So when you get a little bit of a, a bounce like that, it can certainly help a team in that situation, being brought bottom of the league, looking for a victory, especially when you're up against a team that's right next to you in the standings as well. You just felt as though they were they were starting to edge ahead. I mean, I think I'm, I'm just scrolling up and down here. I think they got four or five ahead. Brock stayed with them all the way. I think a couple of big a big shots and kept it tighter than it was. I mean, 71-74 just tells you that. You know, it was a very tight contest, but Surrey were at that point, I think, just uh, just edging a little bit ahead, but it still could have gone either way, I thought, and at that point. And I suppose what you touched on earlier on, that's where a crowd kind of maybe, when the Rocks maybe began to struggle, a crowd picks up the team, um, an excitement of a big play just kind of sends that buzz through the team. Um, one thing that actually impressed me with Surrey in that second half was it felt like any time Rock scored, um, Surrey pressed the ball quite hard and got it down the court quick, uh, getting a lot of kind of three points in transition. Um, so, yeah, there's another thing I kind of tweeted on during the game was the need to kind of slow Surrey down. And again, we just had to stop them rebounding. And I suppose that's maybe the one weakness of Delft so far is, OK, he's still finished with eight rebounds and our defensive rebounds but you almost think well how many of those kind of second chance could Delft do more can Boban do more on as well Um, one of the things I also really summed up the game Rocks could have gone into that uh, final quarter a lot closer um, because Rocks were only down by three was some clever play by them Teo and then we filled uh, Julius Mansours and obviously Julius hasn't had the best season from the three throw line and they, it was a deliberate foul, uh, which was clever play. And instead, knowing that Julius is, I think he's only shooting like 40% from three throws, which is not good at all. And he, he said that himself in the podcast. Um, so he missed the ball for them and they went, sorry, went down and scored. So instead of Rocks being within one or up one, Rocks have gone down by three. So that last quarter, Rocks just, I didn't feel like we wanted it, or I felt like that Surrey wanted it more. And Rocks lost the quarter 15 points to 19. And you look at all the quarter scores, Rocks have won two quarters, Surrey won two quarters, and you, I think you summed up pretty well. A crowd at that game probably may have seen the Rocks over the line. Um, but yeah, I think Surrey in the end just wanted it more. Yeah, I'm just I'm scrolling. So I think, it, as I said at the start, I got to the last five minutes or so, and then um, was it Cashaw put them five points ahead at 84-79. Um, Jack Donnelly pulled one back, uh, pulled a two-point back for 84-81. And then there was the two driving layups, one after the other, um, which killed the game for the Rocks in the end. Um, Walsh making it 86 for Surrey, and then Cashaw 88-81. A seven-point lead. I think that was the, the biggest lead in the game at that point. With three and a half minutes to go, it was really going to be a tall order uh, for, for the Rocks from there on in. And then McLemore added a, another couple couple of points to make it 90-81 inside the final three minutes. So I think from then on, um, you knew the game was gone at that point. You, you kind of sent it with the Rocks players as well. I think they put a lot into the game. You could see that. Is there an element of fatigue maybe going into those last five minutes? I don't know. Gareth Murray will know that better than you and I will. Certainly it seemed that way. And the way that um, Surrey finished those chances, I think, killed the rocks off. And, you know, you were left wondering what might have been. And go back to the crowd thing again. You know, had a crowd been there, it might have been a little bit different. But we can't be too, we can't be too critical of the guys, as I said. It was a terrific performance. Probably one of the best performances I've seen this season. And, it feels a little bit harsh that they've come off the uh, come on the wrong end of a, a of a result like that, but I think there was plenty to be positive of. And I, I hope Gareth's looking at this 
with a degree of positivity, and it gives them something to build on in the games coming up. Yeah, I think I think that's a very good summary, and something I agree with in the majority of cases, especially offensively. That's clearly our, I say, our best performance that in the Newcastle game, which was high scoring. Um, it would be nice to see maybe Keeling. I thought has been off the last few weeks with his shot. It was great to see him firing. Uh, we've got good kind of productivity itself, and I suppose it does come down to defensively the team's not been as strong uh, and just we touched on there uh, Walsh got the steal or Hicks got the steal and Walsh went in the layup and Casho so they scored four points within basically 12 seconds and that kind of yeah. killed the game off with kind of three minutes ago two turnovers by Johnny uh, both round about midcourt and that that's probably you could probably put at the moment that's where the game kind of went away from the rocks so let's touch on for this game just run through the box score quickly. So um, the starting five in the night was Impondo, Quedi, Delph, Murray and Keeling. Uh, Impondo, he played 15 minutes, two points, uh, both of them at the three throw line. He was zero from three, uh, only three rebounds, no assists, one turnover. Um, probably from your starting point guard, Craig, is pro- probably we need a wee bit more out of him, even if he is only playing 15 minutes. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, two point two points from him is definitely disappointing. We've I've seen his name flash up so many times um, on these stats when he's, he's putting away baskets and things. But for a game like that, when a lot of guys are contributing, maybe a little bit disappointing from him. He might be disappointed by that himself. Um, you know, but yeah, a bit more than that in fifteen minutes. And I suppose I when you've got guys like Delph, Murray, Keeling scoring between them sixty-five points, you go okay. There's not maybe as many opportunities, but that's probably where you'd like to see. Contributions on like assists, steals, blocks, some some sort of kind of more um, of a contribution. I really like what he brings to the starting unit. Uh, I know a few Rocks fans have been online saying that oh maybe Brandon should be in the starting lineup or even Johnny, but I think Mbondo just brings a bit more energy and spark uh, from a ball handling point of view. I think he's better on the ball. Uh, Quedi he started as the kind of starting power forward, twenty eight minutes again, zero points, one rebound, three assists, two turnovers. Probably similar to Pondo, we probably need just more from him now. Yeah, I would agree with that. And just just looking at that in front of me, you mentioned that what um, Delph, Murray, and Keeling all got sixty-five points between them. I just worry that, I, well, not so much a worry, more a hope that they don't become dependent on that on the input of these guys. I'm sure the likes of Quedi and Pondo on the on their day will will contribute a lot more. This is we're just taking this in isolation, of course. I'm sure Mark would have preferred to have got quite a few points on the board and, you know, considering he was on the court for half an hour, maybe just one of those nights for him. But you, you can't, again, you can't fault the collective effort from the guys and everything they put in. And I suppose it's something that Willis kind of touched on. He kind of said his form early in the season was maybe better. He was probably getting more touches uh, before Delph mm-hmm. and Keeling have come in, which is, you can see the results. That's clearly true. So maybe he's, maybe the same as Julius, trying to still find his kind of, the role in the rotation now going forward, which, I suppose that's up to Gareth to try and uh, fix these guys up, make sure they're getting their looks. There was one moment in the game where I think he decided, instead of driving to the basket, he took a step back three, and I think that kind of killed the momentum at that time for us a wee bit. So Delph, he played just under 28 minutes. He passed it to that stat line, uh, 25 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, two blocks, and one block that actually made me stand up on my sofa um, because it was unbelievable. And I think we touched on him. Him and Jadomi are just going to be highlights. A um, couple of nice moves. He got a three-pointer as well. And what Adelpho, I think he can improve on is maybe his rebounding. He's someone I think could easily average 25 points and maybe 15 rebounds. 
Rickman shouldn't be dominating inside. Macklemore shouldn't be beating him inside. So, yeah, hopefully Gareth kind of gets on at him and Boban and making sure they box out. Let's quickly touch on coach. He played the full 40 minutes. Um, there's been a bit of chat around the league on whether or not or how much court time Gareth should be playing. I think he put in a kind of lead-by-example performance, but do you think 40 is maybe now too much? Well, I, I know 40 minutes for me would be a bit of a stretch, but then I'm, I'm not the same kind of game shape Gareth might is. But the stats stand up. You know, I mean, you get six three-pointers out of nine, 66% ratio on that one. That speaks for itself, you know. But again, is there a slight worry that somebody like Gareth is going to be relied upon when he should be maybe taking a little bit of a step back? I don't know. Um, but listen, if he keeps putting in those performances, I don't think anybody's going to complain. You, you want somebody like that on your team, that's for sure. And if he's if he's going to do the business, then why not? Yeah, so he was 20 points, three rebounds, four assists, uh, no turnovers, more impressively as well. And I thought he, he got four fouls, but they were well spread out. That was a good sum. A couple of them were touch fouls as well. Um, let's talk about Christian Keelan. It's probably his... Uh, second or third highest scoring game since coming in. So 35 minutes, 20 points, uh, five rebounds, three assists, probably still too many turnovers. And that also includes him having continued after being hurt. So, yeah, very impressive stat line for Christian, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. You've summed it up perfectly there. Um, you know, 20 points in 35 minutes is good. As you say, um, turnovers need, to, need a bit of work on that. I think that's something that will come in due course. It's, he's still only, what, seven, eight games into his time with Glasgow. Plenty of time for that to, to be worked on and, and get that right. And this was time to touch with Christian Keeling, same as with Pondo and Quedi. They're all young and Brandon and Beza Malcolm and even Julius. They're all guys in their early 20s. Um, Pondo, I'm sure, is 21. Quedi's 23. Keeling's got his first pro contract at college. So they're all, it's constant learning for them all. Um, and I think Keeling as well is just someone that across the league they're now wary of and I think that he's taking time to now kind of adjust to that I think that first kind of fireworks game as I like to call it that 26-27 points where the opponents at that time didn't really know what to expect and it was just past performance so let's look at Issa Brandon coming off the bench 16 minutes 7 points uh, 4 rebounds 5 assists I love his energy off the bench he kind of he plays nice and long and kind of fights I feel like he's a bit of a fighter on the court, which I think we need as well. Yeah, I would agree with that. I just wonder if um, if he'd started, whether we'd, we'd have seen more from him, you know, added to the, the points that the that Delph, Murray and Keeling had got. But uh, Brandon's that kind of player, 124 points for the season so far. But yeah, great energy on him. I, I love the way he drives into the into the kind of centre to, to make those the, those layups. He's a terrific player. I've thoroughly enjoyed watching him this year. I, Personally, I would have started him. That's just my opinion, not that my opinion's worth anything. Um, but it, it certainly would have been good to see. Yeah, he had the best uh, plus-minus rain in the night as well. So, like, so Vansur's similar to Quedi. They kind of seem to split that four, uh, four positions minutes basically perfectly. Um, zero points for him, two assists, two rebounds, and a steal. And that was a that was a pretty big steal at the time he got as well. But probably similar to Mark uh, Weddy, still just trying to now find their new role in the team since the additions. Yeah, would agree with that. I think Van Sawyers, again, was a player who cropped up quite a lot when it came to the point. Less so since the two new additions have come in. And as you say, it's just a case of him finding his role and getting him back on that again. And hopefully that won't be too long. And then probably actually another reason for that is because is the kind of fact of how much improvement Boban's been. Um, 
Bobby Boban started the season is kind of coming off the bench and playing behind Quedi and Van Sauer starting. So I suppose that's maybe more testimony to Boban and how much he's improved throughout the season. Um, there was no minutes for Fraser Malcolm on Friday night. Johnny played 13 minutes, two points. He had a rebound and assist, but again, four turnovers. Um, that's probably just, again, similar. We're just turning the ball over too much. But Johnny did score, I think, at a time, a really important basket. Um, remember, he was trying to run across the key, looking for an outlet, and the space just opened up for her a nice two-point shot. On Boban, 12 minutes, t- 12 minutes, 10 points, five rebounds. His issues fills, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. You know, but again, he still he still puts up points when he's asked to to go on, and I think that's been the impressive thing. But yeah, Phil definitely a probably a negative mark against him on that one. When you've got your two big guys contributing, uh, thirty five points, fifteen rebounds, you can't really ask more from a position on the court. So again, when you break down those stats, it's probably yeah we've kind of focused on three guys, and it's just trying to get guys taken and Brandon's. I can see a lot of people saying, yeah, we need Issa Brandon starting, but he's maybe not the best ball handler, but then we'll see as the games go on. So, Craig, let's touch on, let's look at this season so far. So, um, well, the stats we're going to look at are all of uh, Real GM, a uh, very useful resource that I like to use. And so, and as you touched on, you've got Keeling, who's only been in seven games. He's our, he's averaging the highest uh, points per game. He's at 16 and a half, basically. And he's, his average, his minutes per game is 31. Um, he's another one that's just exciting to watch, isn't he? Absolutely. And that goes back to what I said at the beginning. He's made such an impact on the team in such a short space of time. You said it as well. Other teams are, are, are wary of him. They, they don't know how to handle him. And I think that, that slight unpredictability makes it all the more interesting because the teams don't know what, what they're going to get from him. But my goodness, you, you can't fault the, the contribution he's made to the team so far. The points he, he's putting up, he just drives into the into the centre to create those chances is, is absolutely superb. I mean, a real great bit of business from the Rock so far. You have to hope that he's going to be the guy that, that's going to lead the club out of this this um this little bit of a bad spell we're in at the moment. Hopefully, it won't be too long um, before we see others sort of come into play. But Keeling certainly at the forefront of uh, of what's been good about Rocks in recent weeks. And probably the one thing I've said it the last couple of weeks is maybe his three-point shot's been struggling, so he's just shooting below 40%. So any if he's going to shoot like he did on Friday, that percent's going to certainly romp up pretty quick. So on to Delph. Delph's played only the five matches, as I know there was a delay in his registration. So he's, he averages about 21 minutes a night, and he has got twelve and a half, just under 12.5 points, seven rebounds. If you're looking from a, a contribution per minute, you're not looking much past him. That is fantastic. Basically, 12 and a half, 7 and a half, and 21 minutes. He's been fantastic so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And again, it just goes back to sort of similar to what I was saying to Keeling as well. They made such a great contribution since they arrived at the club, and that's what the club needed. When you look at where they were before those guys turned up to where they are now, I think maybe fans are feeling a little bit more positive of their chances going into games than they were beforehand now. And I think it's largely down to these two and what they've done. Yeah, and, that's, and again, Probably the one thing, and I know it's kind of touched on after the game on Friday, was we just need to be better on the defensive end and rebounding. And if you think his, his rebounds stats are 7.2, what could that be? I think he could easily be a, what we in basketball class, a double double, ten po- a minimum 10 points, minimum 10 rebound type player. And he's, and he's averaging one block a game as well, which on Brandon, 
he's our th- now our third leading scorer behind uh, Keeling and Delph. He was our top scorer. So and he's played every game, 11 games played, 20, 22, just under 20, uh, just over 22 minutes a game, 11.3, 4.4 rebounds. He's another one. It's just your it's that debate. Does he start or is he good coming off the bench? Well, as I said earlier, I would I would play him um, based on on those stats because he does deliver. He has delivered the points. We, we've mentioned the fact that for the third time we've mentioned it now he is the top scorer in the team so far. But that averages down to the fact, as you say, that he has played every game. I would I would certainly have him um, above uh, Impondo at the moment just for what he brings statistically um, than anything else. Uh, terrific player and uh, one I think Rocks can certainly get more use out of. Yeah, and I actually just looked at kind of his comparisons across with Impondo. He's got more points per minute or more points per game, higher assists and also higher rebounds. So he's kind of contributing more across. Um, my reasoning is is I think we need a almost a strong second unit. A lot of teams this season are very deep. So you take out the starting five, who's giving them the backup minutes. So that's, that's kind of always been my justification. On to Gareth, he's played 24 minutes a game. Shooting is averaging just under ten points per game, and I think I think we'll just see that stat go up and up and up um, as he kind of feels his way into the rotation. Uh, I've commented on this podcast a few times how I quite liked it. A couple of games he wasn't really playing himself, and just kind of watching the guys. Yeah, that's the thing when you, you've got a dual role like that. You know, there is the, the early days of what do you do? Do you still go for it as though you're one of the guys, or do you take a step back? And I think he's tried to take the step back. And maybe realised that having him in the team is maybe more beneficial than, than not. I mean, we just we saw on Friday exactly what he's all about and what he brings to the team. So I just wonder if there's a bit of that now. Maybe he's quite happy to take more of a, a central role um, and central as in being a, a sort of focal point for the team. You know, maybe we'll, we'll see in time. It depends if he will take that step back a bit more as, as things settle down a little bit, especially now with Keeling and, and Delph fully integrated into the team. But I think Gareth's role is important right now. And Friday's uh, real proof of that. He's also shooting over 45% from two and from three points. So that's not to be a, that's not a bad stat line. You'll take that probably any year in his career. Uh, on to Boban, he's played only 16 and a, just under 16 and a half minutes through 11 games, 8.8 points and five rebounds. His points per game is just going to go up as well uh, just by playing more minutes and staying out of foul trouble. Yeah, I think so. And if he stays out of foul trouble, you've got a real player there um, delivering the sort of points that you mentioned there. It's just that that little that other side of the game that he needs to work on a little bit. And again, just with so many things, it, it takes a bit of time to, to, to work that out and, and perfect that, for want of a better expression. And I hope he does. Yeah, so he's averaging over three, almost three and a half fouls per game. So it's almost like, you know, he's going to probably foul out or have his minutes watched. Um he was one of the players to watch from the season by Hoops Fix. And I think he's kind of proven that on, on definitely the offensive end. And he, he'll learn to get smart defensively as well. Uh, something that Julius also said, there's a lot of experience in the league this year. And so someone like uh, Boban playing his first year as a pro, he's, he's going to be learning a lot on the job. Um, on to Julius, he's played just over 23 minutes game through the 11 games, 7.9 points uh, and six rebounds. He's maybe someone that like um, Quedi. A couple of guys will need to find a kind of new role in the team. He shoots the ball pretty efficiently. Uh, he's uh, shooting over 45% from the field. Um, but his three throw percentage is down at just over 40%, which is pretty low. Um, 
probably looking for maybe more from him going forward as well. Yeah, yeah, just and I think that's exactly it. Just what you said there about finding his role in the team, especially on the back of Keelan and Delph coming in. It's, you know, these these things don't just happen overnight. They will take time. You know, Gareth will work with them very closely to to establish that role and 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 perfect it for him. You'll get there. I'm confident you'll get there. And I suppose, and that's probably testament across the team. You hope these guys have kind of maybe done a wee bit of research or looked into Gareth's kind of background and what he's not only as a player at the Rocks, but across his career, played across Europe, played for GB. God, I can't don't know how many times now. Um, played against matchups. He's played against Rudy Fernandez, who was one of basically Spain's best three guys for years. So, and didn't look at his depth. So I hope these guys, young guys, Van Sures, Quedi, and Pondo. Brandon are all looking at Gareth and okay, I want to do what he's done in the game because it's pretty remarkable. We've touched a wee bit on Pondo, so we'll just quickly go through his stat line. Just under 22 minutes a game, um, 7.3 uh, points per game. I think that's helped a lot by his showing against London when he was he played a really good game against London and he's averaging just under three rebounds and just under two assists. Probably, again, just what we touched on his game one, we probably maybe need some more of his kind of creative skills with the ball. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And he'll get that with the, the help of his teammates as well. Friday may not have been the best game for him, but you, you're allowed an off night from time to time. You're allowed a night where things maybe don't go for you the way the way you would like, but he still has an important contribution to the team. And I, I, and like everything else, that'll, that'll come with time. You can't uh, write the guy off. He's, I think he's had a decent season considering only 21 years old, remember? Um, so he's still very much settling into the team. And that'll take time. You'll get used to what, what, uh, working in the, the BBL and the, the opposition he's got to he's got to play against. And I think uh, why we like, and it's you look across probably every team, or more as I keep touching on our team are a lot younger than most teams, a lot of rookies. His kind of style of driving inside, finishing around the basket works quite well in this league, especially when you've got good shooters around him. So there's a combination, I think, of Mpondo, Keeling, obviously Gareth. Um, I think Mpondo should be creating more, and hopefully we see that over the next few weeks. Yeah. Uh, up to his French uh, fellow countryman, uh, Mark Weddy, he played nine nine games, just under 27 minutes, 6.6 points and 3.6 uh, rebounds. So he, he missed a couple of games because of a hamstring injury, and I still don't feel like he's fully comfortable in the court, probably since then, uh, taking his shot. But I like, he's got a lot of upsides, in my opinion, uh, in the BBL especially, good size at the four, but he's also able to shoot the ball, uh, which we've seen uh, before, um, just not recently. Yeah, and again, it's another one of these players who've come in, you know, they're new into the BBL, they're still getting used to, to the way things are. We, we all know this is going to be a transition year for the Rocks, and he's just one of these players that, that I suppose that identifies as that. You know, he's come from France, he's played the last uh, three, four seasons um, in his native country, so coming to, to the UK, it's just going it, to, you know, it just takes time. You know, these things don't happen overnight. Gareth basically started with a blank canvas, more or less, and he's trying to mould these guys in his own image the way the way that you would want a coach to do so, especially in his first job. So, Mark, I've got high hopes for Mark. As you mentioned, he had the injury there, which kept him out a couple of games. I haven't been completely disappointed with him, and I think we'll see a lot more from him as time goes on. It's probably actually worth commenting that you made a good point. Young guys were taking these guys out from of guys like uh, Mark and David out of their kind of homeland during a COVID pandemic where 
They're not able to get out. They're not able to see the city. All they're doing is going to practice and going to sitting back and wherever they're staying. It's probably quite a tough time for them emotionally as well. So hopefully um, as things open up as well, they're able to get out and it kind of express themselves. Um, on to Johnny, um, maybe a bit inconsistent season for him. Um, he's played all. He's played 11 matches, 20, just under 22 minutes, 3.8 points. And... His, I know he said it as well on his on the Sky preview. He probably would have said he was the best, one of the best shooters in the team. But so far, pretty disappointing for Johnny. Yeah, I think so. I think so. We've usually seen better from him, certainly from what I've seen in the past. Anyway, but I think he's a player that maybe what he lacks in points right now, he gives you in work rate. He's a worker. He's a grafter. Yeah, I mean, he's never afraid to to get in there and, and try and make the best of a situation. So you know, it might be disappointing from this year. And again, this might be another guy who's who's trying to find his role in the team more because of the, the new players coming in and everything. Um, but I know he's a guy that, that Gareth will lean on quite a lot because of his experience. And we might see more from him in due course. These things take time to gel. You know, we've already said about the new guys coming in and, you know, and getting used to, to playing over here. These things don't just suddenly, you know, click the fingers and it's all great. It's going to take time. And I, I think Johnny's representative of that as well. His points might not be good, but that, I think that'll improve. Yeah, he's, and he's the type of guy that will. Uh, I'll just drop his, this is, a, I think, his 10th season at the Rock. So we know what he can, can do. He's, some seasons he's averaging over 40% from three. And so to be this season down about 20%, you know he's going to get better. You know he's going to start making shots. Teams know they can't just leave him open when he's on the court as well. He's always been a bit of a threat. Fraser um, Malcolm, he's played 10 matches, about 22 minutes a game. Um, Points, I think Fraser offers a lot of something different rather than points, uh, but interesting he didn't play on Friday. Yeah, I was a bit curious as to, as to why he didn't play on Friday. He's a player that, that usually does okay when he comes in off the bench, but no sign of him on Friday for some reason. Could have done with him. I think he could have added something a little bit extra. Um, I think points-wise, I mean, I mean, that's a little bit disappointing to get just under two of an average um, every game. But it's just one of those seasons, isn't it? You know, the, the guys are maybe off peak a little bit and still finding their way. And I, I think Fraser's maybe testament to that. Um, but hopefully he's okay and he'll be back in for the weekend games coming up. And I think um, last season we saw games where Fraser Malcolm kind of came out and expressed himself. He's a great shooter of the, of the basketball and he seems to want to pass first. He's probably on the court more for his defensive ability. He's, he's got a big wingspan, so he's a really good defender. So hopefully... Mm-hmm. Um, he brings his defensive kind of intensity into his offense because there's been games last season when he just would go off and teams again couldn't leave him open somewhere to Johnny and hopefully we see his um, confident take shots inside and outside because yeah he, he can definitely do it. Um, we'll combine uh, Fergus Hart and Callum Mortimer, our kind of backup guys. It's great to see just young Scottish guys get a chance to play. Yeah, it always is in any sport, you know, and that's important for these two guys to, to get more game time. But when you look at the, the minutes per game average, three and a half for Fergus and just over three for, for Callum, we haven't seen enough of them. Maybe, you know, maybe there's a, there'll be a time not too far away where, where Gareth will give them that bit more time for them to go out and express themselves and, and show us what they can do. And I hope that's going to be soon. Because, um, as I say, you want to see young Scottish guys come in and, and do well, and especially in a team like the Rocks. And I'm, I'm fingers crossed we will see more of, more of these two soon. Yeah, definitely. So Fergus is 22 and Callum's 17. So and you yeah. look at some maybe 
similar ages to some, uh, when uh, Johnny broke through and I suppose they maybe if they want to use that kind of a career trajectory or whatever their intentions are, it's a kind of great place to be learning from. So, and I yeah. suppose when you look through our uh, team stats, um, when you look at the shooting stats from three, it's not looked good. Um, our team total for three-pointers has been 30% compared to basically 40% for other teams. Our three-throw percentage is just above 60 when other teams are kind of mid-60s. So you hope, and our turnovers as well are about 15.5 compared to 12.5. So those are probably simpler. Turnovers are something as a team we can get back, better as, but I just think if all the guys can now, now we've had the kind of Americans in a wee bit longer, team players will be able to feel a bit more comfortable and individually they'll be able to kind of step up their stats as well. Because... It's not all about a stats game, but they make it a game easier to break down for us. So, yeah, so let's uh, semi-finish off this. Let's uh, ex- Expectations for the rest of the season, what do you think, Craig? What should the, the club be aiming for? More wins for a start. I suppose that's a kind of obvious one to, to start with. You know, two wins from 11 so far in the league campaign hasn't been hasn't been that good. Um, I think one of the issues for me, and I don't know about yourself, Grant, is consistency. You know, we saw it on Friday, we were consistent, I think, for 35 minutes of the game. Just those last five minutes got away from them. Previous games, you know, you found the team have played OK in three of the four quarters. and The fourth quarter in that game really completely capitulated and the points have gone away from them. I hope that the game on Friday against Surrey has given them something to build from. And I said that earlier on um, with Delph and Keeling putting up the points they did, Gareth Murray having the game he did. You're hoping that the likes of Impondo and Quedi will, you know, will up their game. Brandon might become a starter as well in the two games coming up this weekend. The bottom line is they have to win more. It's a period of transition. We know this, you know, it's, it's not um, something that's completely new, but at least get up into a mid-table position, aim for the playoffs. That's got to be the aim right now. But at least still very open. You know, there's so many games to go. I think we're about a third of the way through the season. So there's no point in sounding the, the doom clacks in yet. I think we've got so much to, to look forward to, but I hope Friday is the is the springboard to better results, better performances individually and as a team, and let's see where we are by then. Yeah, yeah, similar opinion. To be honest, you look how uh, open the league is. Um, we're all recording this Sunday night, and some of the games have just finished, um, and the table is really tight round about that seven, eight, ninth, tenth, eleventh kind of place in the league. I think the top end of the table. Will kind of look after itself. Uh, Worcester, after a shaky start, will probably finish not too bad. Uh, and I think it's probably going to be a battle between hopefully the Rocks. Surrey shouldn't be as low down as they are. Uh, they'll probably get some good wins at home, especially. Same with Bristol. Um, I actually think the season could come down to who looks after their players the best. Um, we've seen off oh, quite a few games cancelled or injuries. So Cheshire beat Manchester tonight, but both teams are missing a lot of players. Uh, so it's going to be a really interesting kind of second half of the season or rest of the season to see what can happen. And yeah, 100% agree. And I've said it a few times in the podcast as well. Rocks just don't seem to be able to play for 10 minutes a quarter. We have two, two minutes fell in each quarter where we either are out for or switch off turnovers or missing shots. And there's been a few games where I think it was the Worcester game on Sky again that, we missed a lot of open shots, so we're creating opportunities. We're just not finishing them. And that's probably, again, maybe the excuse of COVID again, where the guys have had, compared to other clubs, a lot of restricted access to facilities. Um, 
it's not to look to pass excuses. The Rocks haven't been good enough this season, and they probably know that themselves. But um, not being able to, for a lot of these young guys shooting a basketball is what they love to do every day, and if they're not being able to do that for as much, then hopefully going forward with things easing uh, and the guys having a good uh, return to play kind of protocols in place, we'll see these guys shoot the ball better. Johnny especially, Gareth keep doing what he's doing. But in general, I think, yeah, hopefully after Friday, let alone it's a defeat. It's kind of crazy to be speaking quite positively after a defeat. Um, but, which, yeah, it's a bit strange to be kind of speaking positively. We've just scored 80-odd points, but lost. <laughs> I know it is a bit strange. But going back to what I was saying about, you know, the, the, you know looking for a springboard to, to, to look at this. I'm looking at the next six games in the league. Um, you know, as we speak, we've got uh, Rocks play Sheffield Sharks away on Friday. Then they play Leicester at home next Sunday. From then, you've got an away game at Cheshire and a double header with Plymouth at the end of February. If, if, if Rocks were to win four of those five, then straight away, they're in that, that sort of playoff area. Again, that depends on other results. I mean, we can't obviously figure out how that's going to pan out right now. But straight away, you, you get some results on the back of that performance on Friday and suddenly you've got a team that's shooting their way up the table. If they can get results in at least four of those five games, take the Leicester game out of it. They're an excellent team. They're obviously top of the league or run about the top of the league for a reason. Even a result there would be great. Let's not get too greedy. But we'll certainly take the, the results against those teams um, not too far away from the Rocks as you look at the standings right now. And I, I, think that, I think Gareth might look at that and go, right, this is it. We've had the defeat against Surrey. Let's go for them. And there's another game with Surrey at the end of that as well at the start of March. Yeah, and it's actually interesting to look at the schedule. The kind of the home away or away home double uh, header against Plymouth could be quite a momentum swinger. Um, Plymouth will be reeling the fact that they lost to us down in Plymouth. Um, so that's a quick turnaround for both teams, uh, especially with no flying. The teams are all busting it. That will be an interesting one. Yeah. Cheshire will be another one in uh, two weekends' time because. Yeah, Cheshire have just got Matthew Bryan and Manning in. Uh, we've seen what he does for Worcester. We've seen what he's done for London. We've seen for what he's done for the majority of teams he's been on in the league. Um, that could be a tough matchup, but I think they've lost Lul for a couple of weeks with a sprained ankle. So then you're like, how are, again, how do teams manage themselves with injuries? So yeah, yeah, Rocks get a couple of wins in the next few games. It could be interesting. It'd be interesting to kind of think, come the... Rocks away to London at this kind of first weekend in March, where they are, and I suppose that kind of sum will then sum up the kind of season we'll have or have have had. Take, we'll end our discussion there for tonight. Uh, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, hopefully, uh, you enjoyed that as much as I did. Good discussion we had on the season so far and after the Rocks' close defeat to Surrey. Um, so yeah, thanks for joining us, Craig. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's been good fun. Yeah, awesome. So. Thanks very much for listening to episode uh, 15 of the Rocks On podcast. Uh, hopefully you'll hear us again soon.